The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Today marks 50 years since federal legislation was signed into law banning sex discrimination in educational programs and activities. Last June, the U.S. Department of Education confirmed that Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 also protects students from discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. VPM News reporter Whitney Evans spoke to a recent graduate of Regent University's law school who's suing the Department of Education to end religious exemptions to Title IX. The student claims the university discriminated against her because she is gay. Jamie Lord graduated from Regent University School of Law in May. Originally from South Carolina, she'd never heard of the private Christian school in Virginia Beach until they sent her a scholarship offer based solely on her law school admission test score. At the time, the financial relief outweighed any unease she had about the conservative environment. I'm from the South, so I'm used to that kind of lifestyle. That was not anything shocking to me, but it's a beautiful campus, a beautiful school with just terrible people inside of it. During her first year of law school, Lord says a professor who knew she was a lesbian spoke in class about LGBTQ plus people being pedophiles and undeserving of marriage. A dean's alleged inaction caused Lord to file a complaint with the federal government and join a class action lawsuit. The suit aims to stop religious schools that receive federal money from requesting exemptions to Title IX. It's essentially carte blanche to discriminate. Paul Southwick is the lead attorney for the lawsuit. As long as they can prove that their religious tenants are in conflict with Title IX. Regent University declined to comment on Lord's allegations. Whitney Evans, VPM News. About 30 Virginia lawmakers are asking the federal government to suspend the license of the Invigo dog breeding facility in Cumberland County. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, a letter sent to the USDA urges the agency to prevent the facility from selling 500 dogs for research. A federal judge issued a preliminary injunction on Invigo last week, but said the company could still sell its remaining beagles to fulfill contracts. A new state law passed this year provides extra protection for dogs and cats bred for research purposes. Many of the lawmakers who sponsored this legislation are backing efforts to suspend Invigo's license. Nearly two years ago this month, people mobilized to protest social and racial injustices in response to the murder of George Floyd. Some of them vandalized and toppled monuments to Confederate leaders in Richmond, including Jefferson Davis. As VPM News intern Davis Alcorn reports, That same statue is now on display in the Designer's Museum. A statue of Confederate President Jefferson Davis was unveiled at the Valentine Museum Wednesday morning, where it will spend at least six months before returning to the Black History Museum of Virginia. The statue was erected on Monument Avenue in 1907. It was designed by the museum's first president, Edward Valentine, a prominent sculptor known for using his artwork to promote the lost cause narrative of the Confederacy. To avoid playing into this narrative, the statue is displayed, damaged, covered in paint, and on its side. Museum curator Christina Vita thinks that these layers help us tell this much broader story 
about what has been going on in Richmond, not just in the 19th or the 20th century, but connecting it to uh, the 21st century. Additionally, Peter says that the museum is working on an exhibit of Valentine's Studio that will help it more thoroughly tell the story when it opens to the public. Davis Alcorn, BPM News. The Norfolk Botanical Garden is launching a major expansion with an emphasis on so-called green building. Catherine Hafner from partner station WHRO reports on what you can expect. They call it the Garden of Tomorrow. In actuality, it'll be the garden of roughly 2024. The $30 million undertaking will include several new buildings as well as a revamped parking area. The facility currently only has a few hundred parking spots, but gets several thousand visitors per day. Here's Norfolk Botanical Garden President and CEO Michael Desplains. But we didn't want a giant asphalt field. So we really wanted an innovative, ecological parking garden. And the idea is the minute you get out of your car, you should be in a garden. There will also be a conservatory with tropical and desert biomes, a skywalk above the Rose Garden, a kayak launch, and a roof garden that will send fresh food to a cafe below. Visitors will enter through a new pavilion to prevent bottlenecking at the current toll booth. The focus is on making it all environmentally friendly, Desplaines says. That includes not only all the greenery, but elements like carbon-neutral building materials and reflective glass to prevent bird strikes. It was about building in a way that was in tune with nature and getting people to connect with nature through the world of plants so that together we can address the environmental crisis. Construction should start in a few months. That was Catherine Hafner reporting. This week, VPM News is continuing to highlight queer leaders in the Commonwealth. Our second leader is Barry Hosrath, who's also helped hundreds of transgender and non-binary people legally change their name and gender markers. VPM News reporter Meg Schiffer spoke with him about the process in Virginia. For transgender and non-binary people, legally changing their name and gender markers is a big deal. How they're identified in government documents affects every facet of their life, from their ability to find a job to their physical safety and mental health. A study by the Trevor Project reveals transgender and non-binary children who were not able to change their identification were more than twice as likely to attempt suicide than those who did not change these documents. But the process to update these IDs can be difficult and invasive. That's where Barry Hosrath comes in. It's easy for things like this to get pulled into the culture war and for folks to lose sight of the fact that we're just talking about people trying to get an ID. The Richmond-based lawyer began a series of name and gender marker changing clinics across Virginia in 2014. It's important for folks to be able to move about freely in the world, safe knowing that they are who they say they are and that no one can say that they aren't. Those clinics are still ongoing, and so far Hosrath says he's personally helped over 500 people change their identifying documents. One of those people was Talia Hernandez, who says just one hour with a legal expert provided her with all the information she needed to update her birth certificate. I think it's confidence building, which is really important. Part of this is empowering the trans community and empowering the legal community with the knowledge they need to serve all Virginians. In Virginia, transgender people have to petition the circuit court to change their birth certificates. And in order for their gender marker change to be approved, people born in Virginia must submit a letter from a healthcare provider saying that they have undergone clinically appropriate treatment for their gender transition. However, what qualifies as appropriate treatment is determined on a case-by-case basis. 
Hernandez says her petition was accepted without a hearing, but the process was still nerve-wracking. Because of the court process, which was expensive and onerous and sometimes just honestly arbitrary and fickle, depending on who your judge was. That can pose a problem for transgender people who are less likely to have access to health care than cisgender people, according to a national study by the Kaiser Family Foundation in 2020. This legal process also isn't free, even if you have access to pro bono legal advice like Hoth's Rath's clinics. For a population with a poverty rate of nearly 30%, according to a 2019 UCLA study, these requirements present a significant hurdle. That's part of the reason why Hawthsrath says he started volunteering in the first place. This vital life-saving work was being withheld from those who couldn't afford it. Hawthsrath says it can take years and hundreds of dollars to get these documents updated. I told a cis person somebody who's not trans, that they needed to wait a year and a half or two years so that they could get their birth certificate, so that they could get a job. They would be so outraged. In addition to being a client, Hernandez also partnered with Hosrath to host their clinics at Equality Virginia events. She says his resources were by far the most popular offered at the nonprofit's annual conference. I really cannot say enough about his generosity and giving back to the community. It's just really, really incredible to see. The clinics have been online since the start of the pandemic in 2020, but Hawsrath says they plan to restart in-person consultations soon. Meg Schifres, VPM News. If you're interested in changing your name or gender marker, you can find guidance on Equality Virginia's website. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> 